like to welcome y'all back to the Control Your Experience podcast. Back at it again. First and foremost, shout out to David and Troy of Too Easy Productions. This is my man's in them on the new intro music. If you are a content creator, whether it be a podcast, YouTube, or you just want, you know, some custom shit for your phone, whatever it may be, holler at me. I'll put you in touch. Uh, they literally made that from scratch. I told David, he asked me what I wanted. I told him something that embodies me. So... I went to my favorite anime. I'm, I'm a slight nerd. I went to my favorite anime character of all time. That's Vegeta of the Dragon Ball Z series and his intro theme before shit gets real. And uh, then to the contemporary classic by the Migos, Slippery, because I heard your girl, she got that water. So, yeah, he came up with some music, the theme song to A Violent Thought, and uh, here we are. <laughs> so, again, David and Troy, Too Easy Productions, thank you again for the intro. I'm going to put it to good use. All right, so today is September 12th, uh, one day after All day, all Buildings Matter Day. So I hope you had a chance to troll a uh, deflectionist, white supremacist, somebody who fails to see the point of us yelling Black Lives Matter. I hope you took full advantage of that and keep it going next year. Uh, moving forward, just something a little bit lighter, but not for real, because it, it's, it's light in the sense that I'm looking at it, but the actual subject matter is quite serious. And what I'm speaking about is... Dr. Dre's divorce. So, I mean, yeah, couples break up, whatever. Uh, I think I, I try to stay out of it because, of course, the first exposure I got to it, and this could be a large function of the fact that he's Dr. Dre, he's got a media team, whatever, or it could just be tabloids running with it. Who knows? But the first instance I got was that, you know, same old story that these get framed in, that rich guy's wife is leaving in once half or some absurd amount of money. And then you look at who it is, it's Dr. Dre, and, you know, just to, to quote Drake, when this Denise too well, she wasn't shooting in the gym, but she went in the stew. You know, she went over there getting wrist choked out by by Suge Knight and all this other nonsense. But any woman will tell you, oh, well, she, he's the man he is now. Whatever. And then she's a lawyer. Okay, well, let, let, let's just move past that. But it got to the point where she was asking for what many would consider an absurd amount of money in the typical, well, he got it, it ain't hurting. Why you broke worrying about a rich man's pockets? The same reason you're a broke chick worrying about a rich man's pockets. Like you about to get a check for standing for her. But again, besides the point, not what I want to get into. Uh, the fact of the matter is we don't know what's going on in any arena of this. We don't know what happens in that house, or outside that house, in that relationship, what happens in the court. All the information we get is coming at the hands of gossip rags. And some gossip rags are better than the others. Like, I mean, TMZ has evolved over the years, but at the end of the day, it's still a gossip rag. And then you got the likes of Love B. Scott and whoever else, you know, I personally don't click on Love B. Scott. I can't even remember what it was, but I, it's something along the lines of throwing black men on the bus and all this other nonsense. So I just stopped giving them clicks. But if I see anything, it's because you people shared it and I take the cliff notes from you guys. So, of course, everybody had a lot to say about her demands and how realistic, unrealistic they were. Two million a month. Like, I think one of the most ludicrous parts of that for me was she was asking for a hella bands so that she could donate it. Like, give me money so I can give it away. But whatever. That's Again, that's between them. Uh, there's the rationale that, you know, you shoot for the moon, land amongst, which I hate that fucking phrase, by the way. But shoot for the moon and land amongst the stars. So she's not exactly, actually expecting to get that. But, I mean, it's, it's just seasoned with audacity to me. I understand the, the strategy behind it. But I just, for me, I can't get over the audacity of it. But whatever. She'll get it. She won't get it. Who knows? But what I said from jump when this happened, when she was asking for her ridiculous amount of money, was that that the first tabloid broke was that there was no prenup, which I found ludicrous. I'm like, come on, Dre, you know better than this. You just got out from under Suge. 
and and you didn't get a prenup. But again, rich niggas do rich niggas things. Not my problem. But then, like a couple of weeks later, Dre was like, "Aha, I do have a prenup." And I'm like, "Wait a minute!" And this sounds just like that basketball player who uh, who uh, walked away from his would be wife at the altar because I hear him tell it. He'd been trying to get her to sign a prenup for months, and then she tried to finesse him at the up to the altar, saying we'll sign it after, get her past there, and they hear her tell it. That was the first her seen it. Who again? Who fucking knows? So it kind of sounded like that. Leave it to the courts. But no, she acknowledged the fact that the prenup did exist, but in her mind, because he tore it up in front of her, that just dissolved it. Which again, this lady's a lawyer. Now I'm not a lawyer, let alone a lawyer in California. So I don't profess profess to have any level of expertise in this matter. But as somebody who deals with forms, things that have to get notarized, regardless if you have a lawyer or not, I just don't see the legality being nullified by a symbolic tearing up of a gesture uh, of a paper, a paper that you had to file with the court or some office that had to be notarized by uh, an impartial third party had to be done in presence of legal counsel. I'm sure your lawyer and their lawyer, like, but this guy tearing up a, a copy of it, Whatever. And again, maybe there's some clause in California. Who knows? But that just seems very tenuous to me. And as a lawyer, it, I feel like that should to you. I, I don't think that's an unreasonable thing. And if that's the sum total of your legal expertise, that the knife you brought to this gunfight, then that whole argument, well, who knows how she he benefited over the last 20 years from her legal experience. Uh, that don't bode ill. But again, my name Bennett. I, I'm not going to be the one making the decision. If she gets it, she gets it. She don't, she don't. I still think $2 million a month for anybody. I don't care how much money I got is fucking ridiculous, but whatever. Um, but then it went into, when I said that, at the time, the narrative, especially amongst the women, was that, oh, he's clearly been beating her ass. That's where he gets taken to, taken to the cleaner, sis. Never mind the fact that at the time that this first broke, she never made any mentions of any abuse of any kind. Because I, re- I read as much of the gossip rags that weren't by Lee, Love B. Scott that I could. And I didn't see it because I was looking. Now, I'm not saying it didn't happen. I'm just saying that what her story was never mentioned any abuse. I also recognize that it's preliminary, so she might not be putting all her cards on the table. I also recognize that much like other potential abuse victims, they're traumatized, so they don't just want to spill their guts in front of the world. At the same time, though, you're looking at this strategically where you know that potentially he has a cut card in this prenup that you're trying to nullify. So... In my mind, at some point, that has to come out of the arsenal, if it happened. And again, if it happened, I'm not saying it didn't, and it, it may have happened. He has a history of not being the best towards women, so I'm not. it does not serve me to defend Dr. Dre. I don't get any money. I can still listen to his albums, recognizing that he's an asshole towards women, like, whatever. However, she was also married to him for 20 years, and people change. You know what I mean? Like, he he's gotten a lot richer. So at, yeah, he could have become a more richer megalomaniac or whatever, or he could have done some work on himself. So that's what I'm saying. I, I was waiting to hear that. And then all of a sudden weeks after Dr. Dre activated his trap card and was like, ah, I do have a prenup. Now the allegations of the abuse come out. And again, I didn't click on the link because love B Scott, but I asked some of the lady friends on Facebook who shared it. I'm like, Hey, real quick. Cause I don't want to read this. And I'm just asking you, can you tell me when she made this statement? And again, if she made the statement where the gossip rags are saying it, is this in a court paperwork or whatever? Because even the TMZ release was on one of those text grams that, that you can put text on Instagram. It wasn't a, a copy of an affidavit. It wasn't a copy of a pleading or a complaint or anything. So we don't know. We're getting our information third and fourth hand. 
So for all we know, that those weren't even her demands for the money for uh two mu- two million a month. Just like with the situation with Future's uh latest baby mama, who I have no sympathy for. But at the same time, people were trying to frame it like she was trying to. She asked for fifty three thousand dollars a month, and it got knocked down on like what, like thirty five hundred or something. But whole time she told him that no, she wasn't even asking for fifty three thousand a month. What happened was Future refused to release his uh financials. So the judge went off based off a previous reported net worth and started it there and then worked it back to the actual amount. But it got framed either by just Fawcett, you know, Baller, whoever the hell, or maybe uh, Future's team pulled a Tory Lanez and tried to put that out there to, to, to defame her. Who knows? But the point is, we don't know. So I was not judging this girl. I wasn't calling her a liar. I wasn't saying he couldn't have beat her. Why she didn't leave? None of that. Because I understand that. You know, there's plenty of women who put up with this for decades and their only respite is when he dies. And then some of them try to get away and they get abused worse or killed. I That is not lost on me. I'm just speaking to a timeline and going off of her statements. Y'all want us to believe the victim, but at the same time, y'all invent shit that the victim did not say based on inferences that may very well be plausible, maybe likely, but aren't fact. And that, that's my issue with a lot of this shit. So long story short, she went ahead and... uh alleged abuse. So then I asked again, people who read the the thing, I'm like, what kind of abuse did she, did she say he hit her? The other, other, because the last time I heard when she said that she had abuse, she said, and I get, and I have proof. So I was like, okay, what kind of proof you have? I, I want to see it. Not that I'm being skeptical, but I'm like, yes, air him out, sis. And I, she doesn't know you had a proof. I'm like, where the hell did that come from? You know what I mean? Like, and you're right. She don't, because I'm not the judge. I'm not the one that's going to be deciding this. And, but at the same time, she brought it up. That's why I asked about it. All right. And, and then she carried from what I saw, then that forced me to go look into it, which annoyed the fuck out of me. Cause I don't not like clicking on these links. Um, I saw in there that everything related to abuse was verbal, mental and emotional, which again is not to minimize that shit is important. That causes people to kill themselves, to hurt themselves, to hurt their kids to, to yeah. So I'm not minimizing that. If that is the sum total of her abuse, then it should be heard and considered by the judge and to whatever judgment he feels necessary. Cause again, I'm not a judge. What I am saying though, is that the narrative when this first got announced before any other fact, that's what he get. He beat bitches. We are D bars told us Michelle. A. I think I don't even know how to say her name. Cause there's like an apostle Michelle, Michelle. A. I, I apologize, but she told us before we knew he beat women. I'm like, thought that was 20 fucking years ago. Okay. He might still beat women, but at the same time, he might not, he might've done some work on himself. Does that make him an angel? No, he might still be abusive in other ways. He might have transformed it. I don't know the man. I'm not saying he couldn't have, but we got to stop inventing this narrative that that's what, what happened. Like, who knows what actually happened? And that's assuming that in the best case scenario that this is true, that he was abusive to her. That's all I was saying. But oh, you don't have a voice here. You're defending males. I'm like, what? What? If, if you say so. So, I mean, I, I hope both wish both of them peace and fairness. Okay. If that, becomes two three four five million a month for her whatever you know what i mean but i just really wish we would stick to these narratives because when we don't just to be petty men end up like me it's me i do it i'm not saying them we celebrate the dudes who get over who probably shouldn't and we know we they shouldn't but we have to keep the same energy like women say keep that same energy they don't be meaning it only when it's convenient for them because niggas have been saying keep that same energy from jump except we don't we weren't saying that phrase we were like i bet that's us. We've been keeping the same energy. Y'all, in my experience, women just do not like it when we actually keep the same energy. So if you don't want niggas celebrating Kendu and uh, who's that other band who got over uh, punk, 
or what is his actual name? David Otunga. Yeah, the wrestler. It was with Jay Hud. And she cheated. So fuck her. Uh, and various other niggas who've gotten over um, on on their wives and not being the best husbands. Uh, one of them real housewife of Atlanta dudes. This is why. Okay, not saying that ashy niggas ain't going to be ashy niggas regardless, but dudes like me, we're keeping the same energy because you put it out there. I don't admire these niggas, but at the same time, get your coins because there's got to be checks and balances. So, again, I hope she gets justice, whatever justice may be. If she's been abused, I hope she gets compensated, whatever. But if she if she has not, even the minimum settlement is going to be well more than enough to go live your life, pay off your debt. If you want to go be a lawyer, again, go be a lawyer. If not... Just sip your mind ties and live a, a good life. You don't need who needs two million a fucking month, especially when you're giving some of that shit away. Get the fuck out of here. It's enough of that. Um, moving on. And because again, I do believe in protecting women, especially the black women. There's a video going around on Facebook about this uh dog attack. And I watched it and this shit was horrible on so many levels. Um, uh, first and foremost, the only one I'm not mad about at is the dog. The dog did everything the dog was supposed to do to a T, and the dog was Clearly well-trained. Um, so if y'all haven't seen it, I believe this is in Louisiana somewhere. This dude and his daughter are, it's on a, from a ring camera, it looks like. The dude's walking up the driveway, and um, this dog, you hear a dog barking, going nuts, and then this lady comes out like, who did my driveway? And then the guy goes, oh, hey, I'm sorry. I just I just saw your dog. He's beautiful. I wanted to show my daughter. And she goes, oh, okay, yeah. And so the dog runs up to the gate like, hey, nigga, what the fuck you doing? But there's a big, tall fence, which should have been, this is like a raptor fence in Jurassic Park, my nigga. Like, that should have been... The only people who get those fences, because fences are expensive for you non-homeowners. I don't, let me stop. I don't own a home either, but my dad does. And yeah, I know how much he spends on fences. And shit. Fences are fucking expensive. All right. Um, and to have one of these big old metal tall fences, that means that there is a beast in this motherfucker. So that should have told you everything you know that this dog ain't friendly. All right. And he was smart enough to keep his uh, dick because I was worried he was going to reach through and try to pet the dog and he's going to tear his arm off. But he had the sense enough to stay back from the fence and just show he was a, it looked like some kind of bully breed might've been a massive. It was hard for him to tell. Even the woman didn't know. Uh, but he was like, what, what kind of dog is it? And then the dog is going nuts, 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 barking, barking, barking. And then the dog just makes a beeline down the fence line. And in a few seconds, it would become apparent. Why? Because there's a hole that this dog has dug at the corner of the fence where the, I guess the, the ground slopes down like a hill. So it was the smallest, it was the easiest for him to dig a hole. He dug a hole to get out of there. The dog clearly knew it was there because he had dug it. And more importantly, the woman knew. So why she didn't corral that dog before it came to that? And then when the dog took off, she just didn't even say shit until, oh, he's going through the hole. That tells me you know the hole was there. So, of course, the man is up in the driveway. And the, if, if the man is up on the driveway, the, the hole is back the way he came. So he can't even escape. He's got his little girl. This girl couldn't have been in, like, first or second grade at the most. Uh... The dog is bigger than the little girl, and every it's taller than the girl, it's heavier than the little girl. The man saw it, and what does he do? He jumps up on the roof of the car, just like in uh, Next Friday. You kill Killer B, you know. You remember that shit? Uh, but not Killer. That was fucking half eight. Chico, yeah, Chico, that motherfucker. So he got up on the, the car, which is what any sane person would do. The whole problem was he left his daughter, my nigga. Like, he, and the crazy part is he had his daughter's hand. So all he had to do was at the very least. Toss the little girl up there and climb up out there. He might have got nipped or hooked her on the arm and hopped up there if he's any kind of athlete. But he just forgot her whole existence. He just left her to be a Kid McNugget to this dog. Now, thankfully, this dog is trained, and the dog went after what it perceived to be a threat to the property, which was not the child but the big-ass man. 
But you can hear this little girl's terror in her voice, boy. Like, like, oh my God. It went from daddy, hey, the dog's coming to daddy, the dog. And then her voice changed when she realized daddy was not coming. Daddy, uh, man, look, as a parent, I'm, which I'm not, but as anybody who owns, I know that was triggering. Like, how do you leave your child in, I don't care what kind of fear was going through your heart. And then this nigga had the nerve to be like, stop crying. You up on the car. Fucking coward ass niggas. And then every time this dumb shit happens, it proves this, this is right, that there is no more disrespected person on the planet than the black woman. There's no less protected woman than the black woman. And for the most sacred of bonds, the father and the daughter, he couldn't even step up. What, what do we say to that shit other than not me? But who's so white? There's, there's enough of them that are. You know what I mean? It's just like, and the crazy part is, I just started watching P-Valley. I'm not going to do my... My breakdown of that shit is lovely. And uh, the casting director needs an award like yesterday. And uh, Brandy, I love you. You know the vibes. But uh, anyway, it's just like, what, what did we, where does this happen? Like, what, the fathers aren't protecting their daughters. Boyfriends, husbands ain't protecting their spouses. The, your sister, the strange woman across the street that is your sister in, in, in skin folk, but you can't just be bothered to look out. This is, this is beyond... Beyond fucking disturbing. Uh, and that little girl is not going to have ears for anything this nigga has to say for the rest of her life. She's always going to remember when her daddy left her. The, the nigga who's, it's the equivalent of a son thinking his dad is his hero and watching his dad get folded in a squabble that he started or some shit and just get embarrassed. Like, that's always going to be her brain. She's going to be, if she ends up at the paint, you know why. Uh, not that there's anything wrong with stripping, but do it as long as you want to. What, what they said, make the money, ladies. Don't let it make you. Yeah, man. So do better, man. Like, and this is another reason why you have to have it in your mind to protect black women. I'm tired of it. I saw a stupid ass meme that said something about black men don't have any obligation to protect unruly, disrespectful, loud, uh, rebel, rebellious was the word that triggered me. I'm like, these are not your kids, my nigga. Like, these are grown fucking women. They don't owe you shit. But they stay in the streets for us day in, day out. And you can't even bother to just be concerned. I'm not asking you to be Batman or, or, or you know, Superman go die in front of a bullet when you see him fly. But you can't just be concerned. You can't make their safety a, a, a part of something you think about. That is just. And then even the ones that are obedient, the ones that are aren't rebellious, your daughters, you toss them to fucking canine monsters. Niggas are trash. Like, and again, I hate it when y'all have me going down this fucking pipeline because I feel like. Jackson in them, but it is what it is. Do better, niggas. All right. Uh, actually, you know what I'm going to do right now? Change of pace. We're going to have our first call-in uh, guest contributor here, and it's none other than my baby sister. So let me see if she picks up the phone. Hello. Hi, may I speak to Jordan? Speaking. Jordan, you are now controlling your experience with the Control Your Experience podcast. How are you doing? Oh, hi. Thank you for having me on. Okay, we can cut it out. Not, they know we're related. Uh, okay, fine. <laughs> what you doing? Um, I'm in my dorm, just chilling. Learning some shit? Trying to. You smoking some shit? No. You sure? He's not currently. Don't lie to me. Not currently. Anyway. Uh, so you know why I'm calling you because we kind of talked about it, but I read last week on the podcast, that letter that you sent me 
about Xavier University. And you're pre-med, right? I didn't make that up. Yes, I am pre-med. And graduating senior and how they had sent out a letter asking y'all to basically be lab rats for this damn uh, vaccine. I also gave them the backstory of how they've been fucking up y'all housing ever since your sophomore semester? Your first house? Yes, my sophomore year. And not only do they not want to have, have you housed properly, but now they want you to go through a trial for a vaccine while not being housed properly. Because you're currently living where? I'm living at Privateer Place, which is on the campus of the University of New Orleans. Oh, so you're on a campus, just not your campus? Correct. Okay. And is it gated? Like, is it? Is there anything delineating the University of New Orleans from New Orleans? Yes, it's a gated community. And Please get the fuck compared- out the property. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> oh and in comparison to Xavier Housing, it's actually very nice. It's just the fact that I signed up to be on the campus of Xavier University, and they told me last year that since I'm over the age of 20, that I'm no longer a priority when it comes to housing, and I have to take this off-campus housing location or just kick rocks and figure it out myself. And they, they said that uh, over the age of 20, they said that this year? Yes, they told us that uh, spring semester of 2020, they told us uh, all their new housing regulations that if you're over the age of 20, if your classification is junior and up, you cannot get on-campus housing. So that would imply that prior to that, if you were under the age of 20, you were prior- priority to get housing, correct? That is what it would imply, but well, like you showed, you sophomore, sophomore year, junior, well under twenty. What did they tell you? They displaced me again. The only time I got any kind of housing option after my freshman year that was something I wanted was when our mother got on the phone and was cussing people out. Oh yeah, mom's got big caring energy, but she only uses it for good. <laughs> but um, yeah. So that that's my whole thing. And you remember the first time I told you because when you were deciding on schools and everything, because I have gone to both an HBCU and uh, PWI. Uh, you remember the first thing I told you is that like the thing about a black school is it's an experience you're never going to get back, but that's good and bad. Uh, you're, you're never yeah. going to be able to get anywhere else, but that's good and bad. Like it's regardless of you pledge a fraternity or sorority, you're going to pledge an HBCU. You're going to go through things that you're not going to see at other schools, but you're also going to get experiences and make friends and l- learn things that you will not learn anywhere else. And part of that was yeah. how because I told you when I was at Tuskegee, I was a full scholarship student, meaning that the government paid my money well before anybody else's, well before I even got to school. And I had to sit in bursar lines and registrar lines. And like, you've had my money for weeks. Like, why am I doing this? And that's when everything is in order. I can't imagine people who are dealing with their loans. You know what I mean? And they told you that shit like after you got off a plane. So you're waiting to move in and now you're homeless, right? That's exactly what they said. I was in the housing office. And I called because I drove. I didn't fly. I drove 16 hours down to New Orleans. And the day before I left, I called the housing office and asked, when I get down there, am I going to have a housing placement? They told me yes. I got there, got into the office. A woman sat me down and said, we have nowhere to put you. You may want to look into your own options right now. The only thing we can offer you is a cut on the first floor of this dorm. Bogus. And I mean... To anybody listening who's been to an HBCU, this might, I hope this strikes you as particularly egregious, but we all know that shit happens. And it's just kind of one of, it's one of the things I told you, yeah, you're dealing with this as a student at school, but you're going to find out when you go into the world and this shit actually happens to people who don't have an obligation to you. It's not that it's not going to phase you, but you've been here before. Does that make sense? 
It does. But it's, it blows. You shouldn't have to be dealing with this. And if that wasn't enough, they want to treat you like lab rats, but at least lab rats have a lab to live in. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, and get fed and controlled. Like, like. So I read the letter last time where they were basically trying to moral high ground you. And they basically, glo- they mentioned the Tuskegee syphilis study because, you know, that even if you didn't go to Tuskegee like me, that shit is right fucking there. We know the Tuskegee syphilis study, but since then laws have been enacted. So it's cool. Right. Because <laughs> laws the, do si- the civil rights act ended racism and, uh, and we trust the people who are supposed to enforce laws, right? Right. Like, so that's why I brought that shit up last time. But from what I understand, they've sent you out another letter, right? Uh, yes, they did. So I got an email. Well, the entire student body got an email earlier this week, which I will read out. It states, on September 2nd, we shared that we had participated in the Pfizer Phase 3 COVID-19 vaccine trial. Our participation as individuals was offered as an example of two black men entering the trial at this moment of great peril for the larger community. We asked others to consider whether they too might participate. It is an individual and voluntary choice. The letter's release has provoked a mixed reaction, some based on misinformation and fabrication that we clarify here. First, the vaccine trials are voluntary, as was stated in the original letter. Second, Neither institution nor president is receiving any form of compensation. Third, public health must be guided by the science, not by politics of the moment. Our institutions are honest brokers of information and knowledge. It is important to engage in the painful conversations about health disparities and the troubling history of unethical care and harm to communities of color. It is also necessary that our communities be well-informed and be protected by a beneficial vaccine. We are committed to these important conversations in our respective communities. We are immensely thankful for those in the public who have been supportive of our missions of service and education. For others, we understand your ambivalence. We hope that we have provided clarity. This was from President uh, Randall Verrett and Dr. Walter M. Kimbrough. I'm not sure who that is. That might be the President Dillard. Yeah, I believe that's the President Dillard. All right, so I already know what I'm gonna go, but you know you're the one living this, and you you you're the next generation. What what do you get from what are your takeaways from that? So just because I wasn't on your last podcast, I just want to kind of give you what us students at Xavier and Dillard kind of felt. We definitely felt that they wanted to treat us as lab rats. That email was taken as wow, y'all should hop to it. And it but was you never felt forced, right? But it was just more of a yeah. I'm not saying it wasn't an elder, forced, somebody was, you respected saying, "Hey, if you want to be what we, you know, we stand." Yeah, for. it was definitely almost strong arm. It was like, yeah, get to it, and it was basically a, a bigger shock because it was Xavier and Dillard. It was definitely the big question: Well, why are the only two black schools the only ones being asked to do this? And that's why, like, the school back to the, well, we weren't necessarily asking you. We were just providing you the option. It's completely voluntary. But one, if that's what it was, there are many different avenues in which you could have said that that would have been appropriate. You could have sent out a survey about COVID-19, about people's opinions on it, people's opinions of participating in trials, and then at the end ask, would someone be willing to? Not just send out this mass email. Or you could have let the health department or whoever the hell is actually running this shit approach you so it didn't look like you were being served up exactly and i think like our president 
there has been an opinion of just distrust and dishonesty with this man since he has become president. I don't think I have seen that man in person since my freshman year. He does not make himself accessible to students and even staff and faculty. Granted, I won't say any names. Have no, their own names. Oh, well, don't get in trouble if that's what you were. No, about. I'm not saying no. I'm saying because they have their own. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Agenda. What's the word I'm looking for? But just general distrust of him because oh, one, okay. he came from a PWI, and it was very evident when he first came here that he was trying to change the atmosphere of our HBCU because the president before him. Mr. Norman C. Francis, he did the damn thing. He is the longest sitting president of an HBCU. So Barrett comes, and it just felt like he was trying to leave his legacy. He tried to change the seal of our school, and we all fought him on that. And it very much feels like he's trying to change our HBCU into a PWI. He just tried to change the entire atmosphere, and we weren't fucking with it at all. And that's why most of the student body, most of the staff and faculty just do not like him, have very low respect for him, and don't appreciate him as a president. And he didn't he have mom kicked off the fucking campus or some shit like that? Oh, okay. So, no. So, my mother, or our mother, came down to Xavier this year to help me move in. And she also came with the intention to go speak to President Barrett because she has been emailing him, or at least his office, for months. Who's that other man that, that they keep trying to deflect you to and he won't even pick up oh, the phone? Mr. Curtis, right? Anyway, we're not going to talk about him. I can't even get into him. But so she has been emailing the president's office for months, calling the president's office for months, trying to set up any type of meeting with him. And it constantly gets deflected to his secretary. Oh, well, he's not in the office. His schedule is busy. But you can't just be out of the office for months. So she came down to campus. She went to the president's office and was again met with his secretary. She asked, Where is President Brett? She tells her, well, he's not on campus. Mom simply asks, so when is he ever on campus? Does he do his job? The first and it's day on video. He's not on campus. Shut up. Exactly. And like, mom had it on video. She's sitting there. She's calmly but insistently asking, so where is he? Does he do his job? And his uh, secretary called security and had mother removed from campus. She should have went to the convocation, the freshman, you know what I mean, welcome shit. Because he's definitely going to be there. Uh, oh, yeah, I guess he is there for the ceremony, but that was a week before I even got down. Oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. That's probably why they did yeah. shit. Well, so, um, let me play devil's advocate real quick. So, and you know I'm not fucking with this, but let's say mm-hmm. uh, your first question was that why are, why aren't they asking, why are they asking the two black schools, not the white schools, right? Because t- what's down there? It's Tulane and... Um, yes. Uh, there's Tulane, there's the LSU School of Medicine down here. Like, like a hospital? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, and your question was, why aren't they asking the white kids to do it, right? Yeah. Do you know that the white kids haven't been asked, or you just, or you just feel like it came to us first? I definitely feel like it came to us first. I don't. And one, I haven't heard anything about those white schools being asked either. That's my whole thing. If it came out to win and everybody asked their kids too, fine. But my biggest issue with asking the black is exactly what he said. He's like, yes, we know about the Tuskegee experiment. You cannot tell me, oh, laws has been changed, the civil rights movement. You cannot tell me that because we see each and every day with police brutality, the politics, everything shows us that regardless of our civil rights movement, we are still black. We are still treated with inequality, with discrimination. We are the bottom of the barrel. 
Sorry, I scared you. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta, I gotta get my money's worth with these buttons. Well, okay, that's fair. So let let's say. And that, so, but what I was saying okay. is, like, he wants to speak on. Yes, there's this air of mistrust, but we must try to move forward, and we have to be part of these trials if we want drugs to work for us. Which I completely agree. I am pre-med. I completely understand right. how there have been plenty of medical techniques that have been developed and tested on black bodies and then catered for white people. So stem, we do need stem to be cells or whatever the hell. Um, I'm not, no, not even like, let's talk about just gynecology in general oh, and yeah. most like medicines that are over the counter or prescribed. Gynecology or... is a field that was developed on the body of black women. Black women were experimented on, had procedures done to them without no anesthetic anesthetic because they were told that black women don't feel pain. Yeah, if you're ever in D.C. and uh, you take it upon yourself, you should really should go to the National, what is it, National Historic, the Black Museum, the new one. <laughs> I forgot what the, all the oh. letters mean. But I believe it's the first or second floor, and you can see the implements that this so-called father of gynecology uh, developed his craft, if you will, on black women. And you tell me, I've been to the Tower of London, so I've seen what torture devices. You tell me that that shit is not out of out of place. You know, what I mean, it's fucking ridiculous. Like, it's insane. And then there are med- medicines that are developed today, like heart medicine, blood pressure medicine. All of those things were developed for white men. We don't even have to bring in white females, but white men are who most medications are developed for. That's why there are quotients in medical science. There, where black people have to have a higher percentage of whatever to even get diagnosed with something. That's why there are so many black people who don't get transplants, kidney transplants, liver transplants that they need because there are certain percentage thresholds that they don't meet because they are black. You know, I never even thought about that shit because we just assume, oh, we got insurance. Even though, oh, we just assume if you don't get good care, it's because you don't have good insurance. But even if you get good insurance, you're not treated the same. You're not. There are doctors who come out of med- go into medical school. These are still very common practices where it's not just, oh, I don't like black people, but you are taught black people do not feel the same thing as white people, and that is completely false. Yeah, I saw an article where white people were, white doctors were even a mid Yes, they literally told me that. It's fucking insane. And and we can look no further than black women dying at a ridiculous, in 2020, people don't understand it as far as non-single cell organisms on this country i mean not this country on the, on the planet where that means that organisms that reproduce through some sort of sexual process you know whether it's fish birds you know mammals whatever it is that human beings have the most efficient reproductive process of any animal on this earth meaning that we don't have to wait until seasons like mating seasons we don't come in and out of season i mean the period is, is very uh regular for the most part and there's a large window for for fertilization and then because unlike you know marsupials and everything all the gestation is done internally we have a very high rate of conception and birth compared to other creatures on the planet especially and then you factor in the environmental um, things that we have changed our environment where we're not really worried about getting predated on uh that our average diet is better than most most animals have to go out and fight for their food and, and worry about getting killed themselves. Whereas that is not most humans lives, you know what I mean? And if that is, mm-hmm. and that, that's kind of insensitive because there's countries who have populations of impoverished people that dwarf the actual population of the United States. But in the United, let's just say the United States, 
our level of poverty is still looked at as what rich, well, not want to say rich, but way better off than the actual poverty of other countries. You know what I mean? So there's no reason in the United States, let alone the world, that a specific demographic of women who go to the same hospitals are dying the way that they do from childbirth. Not saying that childbirth is an American, that things can't go wrong, but there is a clear upkeep, uptick in black women dying from either just not, not having their concerns. I, Serena Williams even said it, you know, she, she's rich. And they nearly killed her. <laughs> you know, like, she so. Said, she said, I know my health problems. This is what's wrong. And she had to get three different people in that room before they even ran a test to save her life. And she already knew her pre-existing condition. And they knew because I'm sure she brought that shit up because you're paranoid as fuck about all the things that could go wrong prior to the birth. And what and you you have a doctor that you've like been working with for months prior to, and they reviewing your chart allegedly. You know what I mean? Like, and then if if the money won't do it, what else? Because we thought this was about insurance, about quality of care, but it's not. You know, mm-hmm. it, 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 it's it's insane. So that's what you know, stuck in my craw about one of them bringing this to you. And I, and like I said, you know, I'm not anti-vax. In fact, I have complete and utter disdain for anti-vax people, but that I'm, that does not mean serve my people up as guinea pigs. And especially in the face of Tuskegee, the Tuskegee syphilis study where I went to school there, I've met the, the family members of the people who went through this. You know what I mean? And what the crazy part is when this shit was going on, they had a fucking cure for syphilis. They had one. Or if not a cure, outright cure, a treatment. But they wanted to see how it would just, pro- what would happen in prolonged exposure, even though they knew they could have cured this shit the day before. You know what I mean? It was, it, yeah. was, it was beneficial to science to let black people rot when they had the medicine. This wasn't to develop a cure. Because a lot of people will say here, oh, they tested on black people, but some good came out of it. Because that's how the other thing is rationalized about the woman. What is her name? You know her name though. She had herself. Henrietta Lacks. There you go, Henrietta Lacks. I should be ashamed for that. But uh, that's what the how they rationalize it. Well, all this great groundbreaking medicine came from. Yeah, but her family's living in poverty. You know what I mean? So, Mm -hmm. and you didn't get her permission. So, so what the hell? You know what I mean? But Mm -hmm. at least we can like now that they're being taken care of. Obviously, they're never going to get their their loved one back. But at the same time, it's like at least they can say that their their loved one their sacrifice wasn't in vain. What the fuck came of the tough Tuskegee syphilis study? Not no brand new drug, not no, you know what I mean? Except just watching people, you know, it's, it's the equivalent in my mind of the kid who grabs a magnifying glass and torches ants just to see what would happen. When you know what the fuck is going to happen. Your own curiosity. When you know what the fuck is going to happen. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, like, and it's, it's been shown over the years. So our standards of health ethics become subpar further when it's on black bodies. It's insane. So with that said, I'm still not anti-vax because and that we're gonna, I mean, another, no. we're gonna have another conversation about because well, we've already that that's gonna be a pod in itself. Me going in on anti-vax people, but the point of this is just because I'm not anti-vax and I'm pro-science, I'm pro-medicine, you have lost the trust of black people. And it is incumbent on you to earn it back, not to demand it back, not to expect it back. You know what I mean? Exactly. But to earn it back. And the way you do that is not only by transparency, but what they I think I think the standard uh trial for, for vaccines like like there's three phases of it, and the, I think the third phase is like human trials and then they release it or something like that. 
If you got to add yeah, a fourth true. phase where you do your human trials on everybody else until and then us, then do that shit because you need to demonstrate that you want and we recognize that you probably need us. But you have you didn't act like that. So you need to you need to change the fucking narrative. And until that fucking happens, get the fuck out of my face. Get the exactly. fuck cuz what's going to happen? Let's 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 do this the other way around. Let's say that in good faith, in good faith, like we don't think this is a test or a fluke. You had 100,000 however many in the cohort that you need a black people to test this this, this vaccine on, right? For mm-hmm. the trials. In a non-sinister manner, there's a good faith effort and you come up with a product. Are you going to wait to test it on all the white people in it before you disperse this shit? Or are you going to say, oh, no, it's good to go. We know it's going to happen. It's good to go. It's going to get deployed. Yeah. So by that flip side, why don't you do that with the white folk and deploy it and then ask us if we want to use Because more black people will take that vaccine after we do the you try it first. Because we exactly. have to. That's that's human nature, number one, even if we had never been guinea pigged on. That's human nature. But two, bitch, we've been guinea pigged on. Fuck you. And that's my whole thing. Like, like you said, I'm not anti-vax. Like, I will go. I get all the shots. I get the MMR. Well, I have the MMR. I'll go get my chicken pox. I mean, I don't know what do the flu shot, but yeah, these are things that have been. I'm, I'm yeah, these are things that have been tested. They have years of research. They have my trust. This COVID nineteen vaccine, I when it like I have to get some years. I have to have some time on it before I would feel comfortable getting it. Because one, look at this country's response to COVID because of that idiot in office. Two, look at the general population's response to COVID because they're idiots. Like, I am not trusting this vaccine at all for a while. I do not see myself getting it any time in the near future or even participating in any trial. This is coming from someone who actively has a stake in science. It's what I want to pursue. And to the black people who are doing it, I'm not going to say you're stupid or anything because there is value gained, but be a steward of it. Don't just... You know, like, I got a letter in the mail. I don't know if it was from Kaiser or somebody. Hey, you want to make $700? Fuck you. Like, beyond that, I don't want to knock anyone who's doing the trials because obviously, like, I you are very needed. But at this stage, I would not feel comfortable because at best case scenario, this is just a rushed vaccine that isn't going right. to work. The average vaccine at is 20 to 25 minute, years to turn around, and they want to do this shit in six months when they didn't even want to quarantine. Exactly. Worst the case scenario, it's a very rushed vaccine that is actually going to do you harm, let alone get the virus that cause you any of your medical problems. Because we have seen in young people who have gotten it and survived, there are still other conditions that you get from COVID. There was a young man who died of a heart condition. Yeah, holes in the heart. And then they don't know what it's doing to the kids. Like They're not getting the typical symptoms, but it's doing something to them. So just knowing what you, cause, and that's my biggest issue with my current generation. So many people are like, well, we're still in college. I still want to have fun. I agree. I want to have fun too. Not at the risk of my health. So many people in my age group are getting it, but they're like, I'm not going to die from it and think it's fine. I have no idea what it's going to do to my body afterwards. So I am yep. not all just carefree about this. Yep. I'm not willing to go get a vaccine, not knowing what the if cost is. If I was in a higher is. risk group, I might be more inclined to just say, fuck it and go get one. You know what I mean? Because and that's why I'm saying that, like maybe that's who they should have targeted. Because unfortunately, that's where the risk already right, do is. Do a You're fucking not- rollout, not a not a just hey, black people. <laughs> you know, what I mean? get the fuck out of here. Just like nothing about the approach for trying to get us in these trials seemed appropriate 
made me want to participate. And if anything, it has made me even madder at my HBCU because like you said, I have plenty good to say about my experience here. I love my HBCU, but the other side of that coin is sometimes I really fucking hate it. Yep, and that I I told you it was gonna be. I didn't know it was gonna be a fucking pandemic, but I, I told you it was gonna be times like this. Uh, let me ask you a question: Are the students doing anything? Because I've been told y'all y'all need to like. You know, Dad evidently led a fucking protest on Morgan back in the day, but have y'all... Yeah, and, and that was the thing. We, the housing situation, we were already trying to organize, but then we got kicked out because of COVID. Now, it's even that much harder. At the start of it, we even tried to, as students, get together talking about, let's still fix the housing situation. Our university needs to be transparent with us about COVID numbers, about getting tested. And there's just no fruition that's coming from it because honestly, if we're not sitting in someone's office, but mind you, they would get cancer security, come and kick us out. It doesn't seem like we can get anything. Cough on them niggas. Cough <laughs> on them niggas. And that's another thing. So we asked, we asked our SGA president, will you, at the end of each week, show us the COVID numbers since we're all supposed to be reporting so we all know what is active, what is happening on campus. I honestly haven't seen anything reported after the first week that may just meet, be me being negligent, but I haven't seen any reports it's after the first week. It's on them to make sure after. you can't avoid it. This shit should be on your website yeah. when you log in or your emails, like an auto distro. Like, yeah. Yeah, I don't know, but like, I mean, just maybe give them the benefit of the doubt that I, maybe I'm being negligent. But I have not seen a report since the week of which we asked for it, and they were only showing 14 cases, which to me was already bullshit. bullshit but I let it go. Cause I seen I was, was that you that sent me like a video or some of these niggas out in the quad or some shit? Uh, they were playing some kind of game. Like when they first when they first got there, like they were organizing. Oh yeah, like when our freshmen first got here, they threw parties. They were doing manhunt. And they were told, like, y'all need to stop because it's not Xavier that's going to shut this down. It is the city of New Orleans. Oh, I love y'all, mayor. She went on home. somebody. So, like, somebody was asking her. I seen a clip on Facebook earlier today when they were like, so is there going to be football in New Orleans? What part of phase I'm okay. two? I'm not saying, don't play. Yeah, that's right. Like, what part of phase two don't you understand? I thought she was going to make that man pick a switch. I was like, ooh. <laughs> she said, the bell, John Bell Edwards, does not dismiss you. Because <laughs> TD Cantrell don't play. We still don't have uh, take out that three shots. Yeah, that hurt my heart, and I'm not even there. Amen. Well, let me know what goes on with Essence because I'm a, I I don't have much time more time to come down to kick with you. So I'm gonna come down this year if I can. But I th- I want to come for Essence. I mean, I'll come down for Mardi Gras if I have to, but I'd rather come down for Essence. Oh, uh, we're not having a Mardi Gras. Yeah, it's, it's too late. But Essence isn't until what like May, right? Summer. Yeah, summer. Oh, so you be gone by then? Yeah. All right, we'll figure out. I mean, I can always come back down. It ain't nothing to come back down. All right, we'll figure it out. Is uh, is there anything else going on on the campus or in New Orleans or anything you want to talk about? Um. Yeah. Okay. Actually, this is something I do want to speak about. So, Xavier is very good, or at least the administration is very good with putting up a front of transparency and safety. I would like to tell y'all what they are doing with these COVID-19 restrictions and trying to be on top of things. So we were told before we came back at the top of the semester that we had to get tested within 10 days of returning to campus and we must send our proof of our negative test results to health services. Oh, yeah, I remember this. <laughs> so me being a good student, I went and did that. I got my negative test results. 
I sent it in to health services. Health services did not give me a confirmation of receival. I heard of plenty of people who didn't do it at all, but nobody's schedules were dropped. Nobody was restricted from coming to campus. And it wasn't until last week where certain people who didn't do it finally got the email saying, hey, so you never sent that to us. All right, strike one. Next, they have what they want to call a daily assessment. You go into a Xavier, an application that is sponsored by Xavier. And actually, I can read the question for you right now because I have not done it in a few days. Let me go find it real quick. So it is called the Daily Health Assessment. You go into an app, you click it, and it asks you, are you experiencing any of the following symptoms? Fever, cough, shortness of breath, or difficulty breathing, chills, repeated shaking with chills, muscle pain, headache, sore throat, or new loss of taste or smell. You have the option of clicking yes or no, and then you press submit. If you say no, they say, cool, you're cleared to enter campus today. I don't know what it says <laughs> if you click yes, because I've never clicked yes. Right, you don't want to be the test but, subject and then get flagged. But what kind of assessment is that? Because one, I could have all of those symptoms and not have COVID. Yeah. I could have none of those symptoms and have COVID and I could lie. But beyond that, they're saying this is what makes you clear to come into campus. Okay, cool. So is someone going to check this before I walk on campus? It's just a CYA no. thing so that when they're asked, oh, well, we asked them. You know what I mean? Like... And it's just like you guys want to put on such a good front of safety precautions because you needed this money, you needed tuition money, you needed and that's what building it is. Money. That's why they've been overbooking. Like that first time they said, "Oh, we've had a record number of freshmen." Okay, maybe that happens one time, clerical error, and you overbooked by ten. I'm like, no, you 15, twenty did students. That. No, they had hundreds. They had to clear dorms. Mm-hmm. And then it's like they you know your capacity, and you do that every fucking year because you want that Pell Grant money. You want that. Shut up. I hope somebody got out to Mercedes Bezos. If there's anybody in here with some clout, you know what I mean? Now, I don't mm-hmm. want her to take the donation, obviously, but there needs to be some fucking oversight. And when they did that whole, we're not getting compensated, not directly, but I'm, I'm sure there's some fucking kickbacks. Well, there, there's a reason you're sending this to us, and it's not just the good of the world. It's not just we're a pre-med program. You're doing this for a reason. You're not telling us. I would oh, almost respect them more if they secured some money to the school for it. Exactly. If they were like, yeah, we getting paid for this, I'd be like, you know, at least you was up front about it. And not even we, the school's getting paid for it. This will directly allow us to house you motherfuckers next year. You know, some shit like that. Like, But nah. Well, keep me up abreast, if you will, of anything else that goes <laughs> on. Um, real quick before I let you go, did you hear about this shit, Cuties, on Netflix? Oh my gosh, the pedophilia? Did you yeah, watch it? I did not watch it. I heard about it a lot. I actually saw one clip of it, and it's the girls uh, competing in a competition. Right, right, right. And they're being booed heavily by the audience because they're sitting there and they're twerking. They're doing very sexual things. And I can tell you, as a person who has performed, even as a child, the outfits are, like, I don't like them. I can understand them, though, because there are children who dance in outfits like that. I don't. I don't think anyone should sexualize children. I don't think you should sexualize children and outfits like that clearly because it is a part of art. It is a part of telling right. a story. Well, people are whatever, whatever. But other than making an excuse for an outfit, there is nothing from the clip I've seen, from the reviews I've seen, and apparently there are many other scenes in that movie where there's 
like I can't believe this movie was made. I can't, like, so you think that the movie. film itself is problematic? Because what I've heard was, and I didn't want to watch it because even if the subject matter is just not, even if it wasn't nefarious, this isn't something I just go watch like the Towers and Tears mm-hmm. and shit like that. But I heard first the uproar was over the screen grab, you know, that they did to authorize it. The outfits, mm-hmm. and then I've heard from people who perform, you know, parents and like, okay, well, yeah, they they're doing, I won't say advanced shit, but nothing. You shouldn't be sexualizing a child. It, it's no, really a story I'm sorry, about that. I don't, I don't sexualize children. I don't like. There is nothing on, but the the clip I watch, I'm like, if I see a child twerking, I'll be like, all right, that's a little too grown for you, but I'm not gonna get in your face about it. Right, right. These children were grabbing on each other's behind, were spreading their legs, were tapping on their private areas. Oh no. It was not, it, it's more than advanced. It's, it's nearly, it was damn near child pornography. It was not okay. okay. It was exploitation of those children. Well, yeah, I'm not about to watch it, but I figured you might have been up on it. So I had it on my list to yeah. talk about, but I was uninformed. Yeah, no, it, I haven't seen the whole movie. I've just seen a five minute clip of it from what I've observed. I don't know if it's the truth. Like I said, I didn't watch it, but there was a rundown of other scenes from it that are worse than what I watched. It said there's a scene where one of the children takes a picture of her private part where one of the little girls tries to take a picture or grab the private parts of a little boy. I mean, in her age group, by the way, a little boy. It's just, I can't believe how it's going on. And I believe like the person who wrote the screenplay, she came out and tried to defend it. But that was before I saw this clip, heard everything about it. And I'm like, maybe Netflix, maybe the producers really took it and ran it another way because we already know there's a big problem with pedophilia in Hollywood. But I cannot believe that just the one scene i watched made it to netflix yeah. like if you want to address the sexualization All the other of shit children, that they've canceled but you let this one up exactly i'm like if you want to address the sexualization of children you do not do it through sexualizing children because there is no other way to construe this movie right hustling backwards all right well yeah i'm glad you said something about it because I, I didn't have anything to say about it but um <laughs> Yeah, well, I'm not going to hold you because I know you got shit to do and this other shit doesn't really... Yes, sir. senior year. All right, well, go do work and if you want to come back in or whatever at any time, you know you're always welcome. Is there anything you need to plug? I'm not going to give people your IG. Um, I don't know, y'all. I'm a broke college kid. Maybe I'll link my cash app under this video. I'm not putting it up there. You can say it. <laughs> um, what is, I don't even know it. No, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. All right. Well, take it easy. All right, talk to you later. Bye. All right, y'all. So if anybody's listening to that, um, it's got kids going to an HBCU. Just know what we're doing. And I'm not trying to def- dissuade you from going to an HBCU because we they're vital, but we need to do a better job of holding them accountable, especially since they all just got the bag from Mercedes Bezos, and we see how they're putting on. Uh, moving on, let's talk about explaining shit to white people. All right, like now this is going to sound real hypocritical coming from me because if most of you are here are either my Facebook friends or heard about my various rants that have gone fake viral and where I'm just telling white people off. And, you know, people have always asked me because I always have the time, like, how do you do this? First, it was a, aren't you busy? Don't you have other shit? And then two, how are you not internalizing this? Don't let them stress you out. I hope you're protecting yourself. And it's always, I'm not saying that's not valid because I understand that it weighs on people. But at the same time, it's like, it's strange to me because Maybe I just my compartmentalization game is top ranked, but then I realize it's the approach that I have. It's just like I'm not, I'm not arguing with them so much as putting them on notice. Like, like you know when you get into a fight 
or or when somebody's more ready to fight than the other person and the other person's still talking about shit and joning or whatever, and then the nigga who's ready to throw the hands is like, all right. And then while the dude's talking, they just swing. That's me when I'm getting into it with these white people on, online. All right. It's like, and it's not hard for me to write things because it's not hard for me to talk. And I just, that's, that's where my pen comes from. Evidently that's a lot harder from other people, but I literally write as I'm thinking. Um, I'm blessed. I guess that it comes off like it was a well rehearsed, coherent, you know, thought out thesis, but that's literally how my brain works. Uh, so it's nothing for me to tell off a white person and I'm not trying to change their mind. My, I have made two main goals to uh when i do this shit first and foremost not to change the mind of anybody who i'm arguing with but maybe somebody who's on the fence who's gonna come back and read this shit later they see whose argument is stronger and they choose a different way and then number two to clown the fuck out of them okay that's it to make them feel dumb so that if and when this shit comes and bites them back in the ass one they can't say nobody told them so and two when the time for talking is stopped, we're not trying to hear you. That's my approach, okay? That's why it doesn't bother me anymore. I'm not going to say it never did because I've served in the military with guys who I would have to go to war with, with guys who I believe were my friends, and maybe they even thought they were my friends, but at the end of the day, we've we've outlined that maybe you don't really like black people. You like me, and you think you like me. If you know what I was looking at you like after I found the shit out about you, you wouldn't even like me. So that's how I compartmentalize it. So you Black people protect your peace. I'm not saying don't give it to because to just disappear people when 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 you don't say something back, anybody coming up after who wasn't there for the argument thinks, oh, okay, well, they didn't say anything wrong, which is why we got white people thinking they could say the N-word, which is why we got white people saying, I don't see color. For the longest time, black people were back in that shit, oh, I don't see my color. No, see my fucking color, celebrate it, and respect it, motherfucker. I'm not gray to you because I'm not gray when you called the cops on me. All right, with that said, I got into not an argument, but a little uh, discussion, if you will, because this, and he went viral himself. His name is Jesse Bright. Um, he was a, he went viral for like telling a cop about himself shortly after that cut um, shot um, Walter Scott in North Carolina and or South Carolina, one of the Carolinas. But he's in the Carolinas. He's an attorney. He went viral for basically a cop was trying to illegally search his vehicle. Didn't know he was a lawyer because he was doing Uber and he told him off and he videotaped some other shit. So he's gone viral a couple of times. But. He, we've become Facebook friends and he says a lot of problematic shit, but he at least sticks around for the, for the beating. So shout out Jesse. Anyway, uh, he, I posted a, a picture of these custom made Omega grills who I very much want one, but I'm very much poor right now because I've been buying guns. Uh, and he came on there and said it's, it was funny to him or he, he laughs at people who are 40 plus and still wear their fraternity letters. And he's a member of a white uh, fraternal organization. To which I calmly replied, I'm like, I mean, that makes sense because we're not the same. Like, we, we're we told when we join these organizations, this is a lifelong commitment, all right? Um, and then he said, well, we do the same thing. But I'm like, no, but the different, there's a lot of differences from the time, the way you intake, the impressions that are left on you, and the obligations you feel after the fact. And basically, he was boiling it down to the fact that in his fraternity, if you have older people coming back, they're the losers who haven't accomplished anything, and they just wear their, their, their letters maybe hoping to scheme on some college girls and just hang out where, and don't get me wrong. We have those in the divine nine, uh, but they're a minority. So he didn't quite understand that. And to the end of it, he did. But there was also my boy Dunn was like, y'all just need to learn how to say, boy, fuck you and move on, which I respect that too. But I didn't feel disrespect at all. And I, I'm a firm believer in letting people talk to hash out their point, not only in the spirit of fairness, but yeah, let them hang themselves. And if they learn from it, great. But if they don't, who cares? At least it's right there. So I say that also with the Trump tarts. Like, they don't give a shit what Trump says or what he does. 
they're not so much worried about what they're doing for him, them. That's great. So much as how he's stepping on the necks of the people they don't like. So that's why you have to view them as the enemy. You're dealing with them with the enemy, put them on notice, but stop trying to change their minds. Cause it's not going to change their mind. All right. He, he ran on, you know, the, the, the Trump charge. You, what was that? Like, uh, jaywalking when Jay Leno was still on or Jimmy Kimmel does the same shit where he goes talking to people and talking to Trump people and basically showing out, Oh, if there's Trump's idea, they think it's Trump's idea. It's great. But when they revealed it was Obama's idea, Oh, that was stupid. Um, well, yeah, first they're like, Oh, we like Trump. Cause he's not a politician. He tells it like it is. And then you scratch the, the record. Well, he didn't tell us because he didn't want us to, to panic. He didn't think it was best for us. I'm like, it was like Rick James moment. Yeah. No, I didn't grind my feet into his couch. Why would I do that? I got some sense. And he was like, yeah, I ground my feet because he could buy another one. It's, it's the same shit. All right. So protect your peace, man. Like, um, if you can't do what I do, that there's no shame in that. I don't think I'm like some superhero. But if I thought for a second this was like stressing me out, I wouldn't do it. The only time I ever really get stressed is somebody who should know better and I thought knew better and should do better, i.e. one of us, i.e. the coons. And even then, we talked about that last week on animal control. There's a way to handle them especially your family because if you don't you end up with this bird watcher nigga the dude who was up in uh central park i think it was and that girl called the police on him and was yoking up her dog and the only reason i'm convinced it got any traction because she was yoking up the dog and peter you know white people can't have that <laughs> never mind the black man she almost lynched through the police uh but the problem is if you weren't following it's his sister that's been pressing for her to get held accountable. He's been giving her every alibi he can refusing to testify against her, not wanting her to get canceled. And now this nigga has created a graphic novel comic book to describe his events, which in itself, fine, deal with your trauma, whatever. But because that's what, that's his background. I, he was like a animator for Marvel or DC, one of them. And, uh, his whole thing, he's LGBT. I don't know if he's flat out gay, but he's in, he's in the community. I don't know which letter it is. And that was another, he's one of the few black LGBT members who has representation at a major comic book in uh, studio, whatever. Okay. And that's all well and good, but here's my thing. And this is something that I'm laying on the feet of black people because we only tend to make a poster out of certain black people, you know, and it, it starts from just the elite blacks where we got to be on our best behavior and, and the greed and everything before people feel like we should, rally behind them when one of us is killed when at the end of the day police aren't even supposed to kill criminals you don't you shouldn't have to be a perfect person let alone a perfect black person to even think about getting justice or to think about people rallying calling for justice when you were murdered by the police so we have to stop that elitism shit but beyond that we also need to stop def- only picking our and i hate using these fucking words because they're made up but they're valid the fucking cisgender, you know, like our the straight black man, the straight black woman who likes black men and or and marries black and everything like that. We are a spectrum, and the more we, it's just like in um Black Panther where he says the the child cast out by the village will burn it down to feel its warmth. All right, we have our marginalized members, our most at risk members, the, our LGBTQ members, who are choosing to to go to where they are being fed. They're LGBT. Q community and rallying behind them in times just to the point where they feel like they have to choose between us and they choose the gays or because that's who's been showing them love. We, we've got transgender people being murdered like hotcakes and they rarely make a story, let alone a protest. So imagine you being a gay black person and yeah, you're proud of your blackness, but at the same time, it's like you're 
double and triple at risk. And the only people who are bothering to bring up the other things that make you double and triple at risk are the gays. What are you going to do? Now, the sad part is some of them get swept up in that and then get swept up in the, oh, okay, well, I think I made it because these gay people are standing up for me. Never mind the fact that even the LGBTQ movement, just like the feminism in America, I'm not saying the concept of feminism or womanism, but feminism in America has been dominated by white women. That means that white supremacy isn't there. Gay, rich, white people are racist as fuck. As fuck. So while you think they're, you know, the, the face of the mainstream movement and everything, there there eventually is going to be gay white Republicans who are voting against black people or who are instilling policies to victimize black people. And like it or not, your efforts, just like the efforts of black women in the feminist movement, are going to be supported to support that white supremacist back regime. So we need to welcome all of us back into the fold because that's the only way we're going to make it. So I hang that at our feet that this bird watcher guy is even pulling this bullshit, but at the same time, he knows better. And his sister knows better. And that's why his sister's fighting for his goofy ass. Which is why exactly why I went in on my fucking uncle. Because not today, not my name. No. We we deal with coons over here. And moving on from nerds, you know, nerds by by nature are obsessive. That's what it is to be a nerd. You find something that really fascinates you. You delve into all the the minutia of it the, the universe of of whatever the storyline whatever the characters are thinking about whatever their supporting characters are thinking about that's that's basically what nerdism is and then you go into things that other people the cool crowd typically don't get into like elves and lord of the rings and comic books and whatever it may be so naturally given the death of chadwick boseman uh r.i.p to god you know They've, there's been this argument which some of you motherfuckers with no home training were immediately the boy wasn't even in the ground I don't even know if he's in the ground now it's the 12th but immediately oh they should recast this guy or they shouldn't recast him just, just bring Killmonger back and, and this is annoying from the nerds I get it I, I'm shooting you the bail that you're obsessive and this is how your brain works but at the same time let the man breathe uh, let, let the man get in the ground one number two the source material will take care of us you're doing the exact same shit that you get pissed off about that when Disney and Fox take our comics, our stories, and twist them into some bullshit that we got to watch. That's what you're doing right now. But for, for clicks and shares, at least they're doing it for millions of dollars. You're doing it for clicks and shares. and Oh, that's a great theory. That's a great take. Shut up, man. And honestly, if you were about the, the, the text and about celebrating Chad, you would want... The, the role of T'Challa to be recast because Chad himself wouldn't want the role to die with him. He didn't even tell people about his disease and he kept going on because he knew the show must go on. And this was an, a too important a story to tell, to not be told and to leave it to somebody who didn't, he didn't think could tell it as good as him. Now, unfortunately he's gone. He's moved on to the, to the ancestral plane, but he wouldn't want this role to die with him. And it doesn't need to for the simple fact that, if we can cast more Supermans, we can cast another T'Challa, number one. And number two, it can be done in a reverent way. You can use the source material to, to facilitate a transition with Shuri because that happens. And then you don't have to warp who Killmonger is or, or M'Baku is and bring back a T'Challa. It's not going to be the same. Just like Heath, you know, Heath Ledger is the Joker. But before him was Jack Nichol- Nicholas. Jack Nicholson. Jack Nicholson. I always get them too confused, the golfer and the, the actor. That there is a way forward, but we wouldn't even be having to have these little stupid debates if you motherfuckers had any home training 
and be we're half as loyal to the source material and to the actors as you as you swear you'd be. Y'all annoying sometimes. And maybe that's how y'all deal with trauma. Like like sometimes I, I get uh fussed at because I make jokes. That's how I deal with terrible shit. And they come off as irreverent, so I get it. But y'all don't really need to chill. All right. Uh yeah, next topic. Ben Crump, the go-to attorney for the civil rights injustices that have been too many to name. Um, fair disclosure, I'm a brother of Omega Sci-Fi. I've been initiated since the spring of 2007 at Lambda Epsilon Chapter at Tuskegee TU. You knew, you know. Shout out to LE Live Entertainment Cues. Uh, all that to say that Ben Crump is also a man of Omega. And it's, this is going to sound like I'm shooting him bail, but if you know anything about the cues, the real cues, the bras, is that we hold each other accountable to an almost toxic level. <laughs> okay? So I am not the bro who blanket. For uh, capes for other bros, especially ones who I just consider bros. There's a difference. I'm not getting into it, but it is what it is. <coughs> Stephen A. Smith. Anyway, I've been seeing a growing sentiment that has been complaining about Ben Crump's incompetence, that he's an ambulance chaser, and that, you know, he's just taking advantage and he's becoming the new Al Sharpton and this, that, and the third. And here's what I need people to understand because the vast majority of you, and, and fair disclosure, I've never met Ben, okay? So he could be all of those things. But what we're going to talk about is what we all can see and the lens that is being viewed in. The fact of the matter is, is that civil rights cases are difficult as fuck. Okay, we all remember Johnny Cochran, but who who was before Johnny Thurgood? You know, like these are difficult fucking cases, number one. Number two, you notice they're happening all over the country. Anybody who's a lawyer, practicing lawyer, knows that you have to be barred in jurisdictions to practice there whether or not it's civil or, or criminal court, whatever it may be, okay? And that costs money. They don't just give you – some states have reciprocity, but a lot of times you have to get certified. It's it's out of expense, uh, out of your pocket expenses, and never mind the traveling and shit like that. Ben Crump has showed up, okay? The, the, the families are calling him, number one, and number two, he's – more importantly, he's answering the fucking call. As somebody who's been through some shit, and I'll, I'm going to do this. I don't know if I haven't decided if I'm going to do it in the podcast – or just a series on of YouTube videos to explain to you guys, give you a little background on who I am, and more importantly, why I'm not in the Air Force anymore, okay? But as somebody who has firsthand knowledge of this shit, finding a lawyer who is willing to argue your case against police, who is and, 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 and to go up against a government and, and with no guarantee of funds being recouped and out of their jurisdiction is fucking impossible, Okay? So for those of you on the sidelines who have no dog in this fight because you yourself aren't a lawyer, you yourself aren't, aren't, you're tired of Ben Crump, but you haven't gone to go find another lawyer and started a GoFundMe to get him co-counsel or to even have him replaced because I'm sure he would like some fucking help. Because you're comparing him to Johnny and Johnny had a lot of wins, but Johnny had a lot of losses. And number two, Johnny was also a prosecutor at one point. Okay. Ben Crump isn't, isn't trying any criminal cases where there's at least a burden of proof that has to be met by the prosecutor. No, he's trying, this is a civil case where he has to go above and beyond regarding, no, unless you're a white public opinion, don't really mean shit because we've seen how much they value our lives. Not even just in civil court after one of us is killed by a police officer, but when they exonerate a black man after stealing 20 plus years of his life and he gets out to a pittance of a settlement yeah, we know about the Central Park Five 
And I, in my opinion, they weren't justly co- compensated, but that was one of the larger ones. There was another dude who was like 20-something years, I don't think it was in Indiana, who got out to barely a million dollars. 20 years of my life, and that's only worth a million dollars? Fuck you. And what about the, the, the wounds that money can't heal? Khalif Browder? All right, so... For those of you who got something to say about Ben, oh, I don't like the way he talks. and What are you doing? And if you're not a lawyer, who have you contracted? What money have you raised? Who are the other prominent lawyers that you would like to take over? And and more importantly, where the fuck are they at? Because I I promise you, Ben's tired of this shit. Now, on the flip side, excuses are the tools of the fucking incompetent. And I, I promise you, he knows that. That, that. that he... Knows that he needs to get results. But he sticks to the fight when he's hard to say. He keeps moving. And if he's not getting results because he's fighting a system. So by all means, keep the fire to his feet, if you will. But understand, this is not no, oh, just go out there and get justice type shit. They're, they constantly move the goalposts. They constantly shift what, what needs to be done. And then on top of that, imagine getting a sil- trying to get a civil settlement when the state rules that the police didn't do anything fucking wrong. Get the fuck out of here. Get the fuck out of here. So y'all, y'all really need to check yourselves. Because, and, and, and again, if you don't like Ben Crump, that's fine. Do something about it. I promise you he's going to welcome the help. I promise you. Um, I've been seeing a a disturbing trend about um, the Zoom classes. And you know what really sucks? These niggas will never have another snow day fucking around with Zoom. (laughs) You know what I mean? And I hope hope the teachers union is working that into their next uh, agreement about how you're going to steal my, you're going to make me Zoom. No, fuck you. My compensation, because teachers, the way they get compensated and paid and the shit they deal with is fucking ridiculous. But I'm about to get in some teachers' asses because a couple of times now, I've seen two cases now where... Because they're doing the Zoom and the kid is in a house and evidently there's what appears to be a firearm in the house. Plot twist, both times there were it was a Red Robin BB gun and another one was like a little, it looked like some sort of pistol, but it was green. It was clearly a fucking toy, like not, you know, clearly a toy. Orange tips and everything. And in the case in Baltimore, it was a parent and a teacher saw the BB gun hanging up on the wall and decided to call the police on a black child. And the police showed up. At, and more importantly, the police showed up at his house. And first of all, mind your fucking business. They're at fucking home. If you see abuse, if you see something clearly illegal, like some some drugs being chopped up and snorted or, or whatever, by all means, call the fucking cops. But it is not. Firearms, as of right now, are not illegal in the United States. They're not. There's no law that says they have to be locked up. There's no law that says they can't, you know, uh, be in a room with a child. What the law says is that the child does something wrong. The parents are responsible. But the firearm in and of itself is not just illegal just because it's there. And even if you don't know that, if which I feel like that's just common sense, you know, that whole common sense gun control we talk about. But if you're just on your Karen shit, the police should fucking know better. As a cop, I get this call and I'm like, why am I going to, let's say this is a gun, and but I haven't heard anything illegal. Why am I going to go risk a bullet in my neck to run down a call for a Karen and at somebody's house? Number two, it's not fucking illegal. I'm a police officer. I fucking know that. How about I tell them that and move the fuck on? But no, it's an excuse to run up on black people and to criminalize them or maybe get your nigga hunting merit badge. I'm fucking tired of it personally. Like I And now one of these kids supposedly has now has a, he has suspended for X amount of days. It's on his permanent record for bringing a facsimile of a firearm to school. He never left his bedroom. He wasn't even playing with it. It was on his bed. He was 
moving shit around and the, and the teacher saw it. And now he's got a fucking record that's going to follow him forever. Fuck y'all. And never mind the microaggression of you sending police to my house and how, how left that could have taken, a turn that could have taken. Fuck y'all. If you're a teacher listening, hold, hold your fucking uh, cohorts and, and counterparts to test. This is bullshit. It needs to stop. And they're not going to be happy till another Tamir Rice gets killed in his fucking house. This shit needs to stop. All right. I wish I could call this lighter, but this shit is disturbing. So I'm 35 years old, okay? And, you know, I'm a boy. And we've all heard girls say, oh, you smell like boy. You smell like outside. Because, you know, we're rowdy. We, uh, we, we play sports or whatever. And a guy's definition of stink and a girl's definition of stink are two different things. Mm. Whatever. Okay? I understand that. However, in my 35 years of age, and really, I guess, 34, because the first time I heard this shit was last year, I never would have guessed that there's a faction of you niggas out here that are not washing your ass properly. Like I've already had to deal with the trauma of learning that white people after years of feeling guilty of characterizing them as smelling like wet dogs sometimes to find out these niggas not only don't use washcloths, but they don't wash their fucking legs. And then on top of that, they take baths sporadically and their definition of a bath could be getting in the pool or getting caught in the rain. And now it all makes sense. But now I'm finding out you niggas are out here not washing your hands that you think rubbing a cloth or any kind of Friction between your cheeks is fucking gay. Let me tell you something about gay niggas at least wash their ass. Or there would be no gay niggas because that's kind of their thing. They're they're back there. What the what the fuck? Okay. And what made it just confuses me because and I don't want to frame leave this at the feet of black women because it's not their fault. It's not. You are a grown fucking man. You need to take control of your of your hygiene and like but I don't understand how you get to the grown-up age and decide this is the case when your mom, if, if your parents, they're doing your laundry. I know they're tired of buying you drawers if you've been doing this shit all the time. Your mom is tired of doing your laundry. How the fuck did you get out of the house thinking this was okay, is what I'm saying. And then, so that's why I thought when this happened, this had to be a, a, a niche of, of, of fuckboys. They had to be like former foster kids or, or just the hoteps and, and coming up with their dumb shit. The same niggas trying to tell women about their periods. Uh, and being alkaline and shit, they're the ones not washing their ass. But evidently, it's a lot of you niggas. A lot of you niggas who be wearing your little fake Gucci belts and all this shit also don't wash your fucking asses. And this is the part that I will lay on women. These niggas are still getting vagina. And I don't understand how. Like, like what the fuck is really going on? And as toxic as this is, when a man gets with a woman with stank vagina... The whole block gonna hear about this shit. Anybody he knows that knows that girl's gonna hear that her her poems smell like tuna. Okay? And it's terrible. It's shaming, all that. But you know what happens? The niggas don't fuck with her no more, or she goes and gets that shit cleared up. It's what happens. These niggas have baby mamas. These niggas have women doing their laundry. And I sling's pretty decent dick. I have never had no woman do my chores, do my laundry, cook for me that I've only fucked one time and gave her so so penis. Which means y'all are repeat fucking these dirty niggas. I know you smell that, bitch. Like, like, what the fuck? Like, you're putting your head down there. You're getting fucking yeasties because this doo-doo crumbs are falling into your shit. Stop giving these niggas pussy. Like, shame them. Shame them. And do it before they hurt your feelings and, and, and cut you off. No, do it when this shit happens. 
Because this shit is fucking ridiculous. And we wonder why we got a fucking plague. These niggas won't even wash their ass. And you think they're washing their hands when they leave the fucking... You niggas make me itch. I, I just... I... Nah. Alright, I guess this is lighthearted. So evidently, Will Smith and OG and Viv, the dark-skinned queen herself, Janet Hubert, appear to be reconciling. Which, after that whole August shit, I should be happy for it, but honestly, I'm not. And let me I mean, let me rephrase that. I'm happy if this is honest and true and does them both some good. But part of me feels like it's performative because I honestly, I believe in keeping the same energy. Like the people who thought that Monica was being fake at that uh, versus with Brandy and couldn't see all the shade that Brandy was throwing and all the little quip shit and how much it was probably draining Monica just to be there because when you genuinely don't like people but you got to show up for work, that shit is draining. But don't kiki me. Like, I might smile and say what's up, but I don't fuck with you niggas. And that's the kind of vibe I had from Aunt Viv. Now, if it was more cursory than that and there you're at peace, I'm, I'm happy to see it. But at the same time, I hope she's not just doing this for a check or or... or for the, for the sake of appearances and then just going to go come back and say they still got beef. Like, keep that same energy, man. Like, and if, if that's what it is, there's just some people you're just not going to get along with. I'm not saying trash them from now on, but just be at peace with their, we're not friends. That's, that's okay. It's okay. So, I wish them the best, but at the same time, I'm not here for the fuck shit. Um, I asked a question on my Facebook and to be fair, there's no right answer. I, I, This is just me in the vein of, I told y'all I voted for Trump, and a lot of y'all looked at me crazy for this shit. But I want you to know that, I, again, I'm true to my word. I said that Trump is the only person who could bring about change in this country, but I never said it would be positive, and it would never be a direct action uh, result of his trying to affect positive change. What I said was, he is the only one who can make white people uncomfortable. And that's the only time, the only thing, ugh, only time things change in this country is when white folk are uncomfortable. And look at the country. They think the niggers are coming to tear up their their suburbs and, and, and all this other shit. Now is the time. So I asked a question, given that Trump is already trying to sow the seeds of distrust, uh, distrust in the election process and everything. Hypothetical situation, which I think in the most extreme cases, the best case scenario of this happening is 20%. And that's, that's being optimistic. But uh, let's say that Trump loses the election, but refuses to cede power. Refuses to vacate the White House, refuses to turn over the launch codes, whatever it may be. Not only that, he has a faction that backs him. And I'm not talking about Jethro and them that would be out here, all lives mattering. I'm talking about, like, niggas in uniform, troops, uh, members of Congress, the cabinet, whatever, have back him. Not all of them, but some of them, enough of them. What are you as black people prepared to do about it? And again, I want to preface, I'm not shaking my finger at you. I'm not, I'm not saying that you should, I don't rightly have the answers. I know what I'm going to do, but I don't rightly have the answers for everybody. But I want to make sure that that is crossing people's minds because you are the same people who went and bought guns all year. Now, does that mean I expect you to go be Rambo John Jay and fight? No, you bought those guns for protection and I, and I hope you protect yourself. But you got to ask yourself, what are you protecting yourself from when that happens? If, and when that happens and who you're protecting yourself from and how's it going to come? And if you don't live in a castle or fortress, you're going to have to make moves at some point. So just keep that in mind. Um, and the other thing is like beyond that, that will literally be the face of a revolution because there will be a coup of some sort and 
the victor is going to decide who committed treason because that's how that happens. In the British history book, the American founding fathers were the, were the traitors, the treason. But who gives a fuck? Because we're here. When I say we, loosely. So you guys need to think about that and, and what what the next step is if in the unlikely possibility that happens. Because there will be an opportunity. If there is another revolution, there will be white people that are not sympathetic to Trump. A lot of them, actually. Does that make them allies to us? Not necessarily. But we have a chance to be at the forefront if that day comes. And in the ashes, should we prevail to set ground rules and not just take the scraps that were given because we were slaves when this country was formed and not even looked at as people? So should that call come, I'm hoping people will answer it. Just keep that in mind. All right, off of my militant shit. We're going to wrap this up. We've been talking for a good almost hour and a half now, and I got another treat for you guys, another artist feature. Um, so, again, I want to shout out Alan Thompson, who is the bros, the good bros at that. And he is the one who put me on to this artist that we're about to hear from. Um, his name is Goldman. It's spelled kind of funny. Uh, it took me a, a few listens of his track to figure out where that came from. It's G as in golf, O. The, letter, the number seven, the number nine, and then M-A-N. And we're going to hear his new track, Evolve. Um, I don't really know too much background about him other than that he's, he's got bars. And more importantly, I, the thing that strikes me about him is his work ethic. Um, Alan is, is a fitness guy, and he even told me that this dude has lost hella pounds, um, over 100 pounds, and all the while working on his craft. you got to respect a guy like that. And then... You're going to hear this on the podcast, but I encourage you to go to his YouTube. The link will be in the description. Um, check out his videos, man. Like like for a new artist, the production is, is there. Okay, so I, I expect great things to come out of him. I'm also going to put his link tree. He's on several different formats. That will be in the description. And just make sure you guys go check him out. Um, but again, why does this keep going? His real name is Walt Gilmore, RKA, rapper known as Goldman Go 79 Man. And here is his track, Evolve. Every dream has a beginning. Long nights and long walks. But distractions are everywhere. Low life to high life? What are you going to do with your life? What am I going to do with mine? What if I make a change? What if I evolve? Yeah. <laughs> That's right. 
Once again, that's Go Man, Go 79 Man. Not really sure how he says it, but Evolve. Check that out on YouTube. The video is, again, it was shot really, really, really well, especially for a new artist. And uh, the, you could tell this man is a hustler, dude. He, he works hard not only on himself, but um, the motifs of accountability. And what I liked, he was in a fucking uh, aerobics class, which tells me that he, he's going to get it by any means necessary. Most most dudes you won't catch him in the aerobics class. They, they more so hit the weights, maybe go run some bleaches which he did but by any means I fuck with that track um, so make sure you guys check him out uh, that's pretty much all I got this pod there was a lot going on this week um, maybe I missed something again if you guys have something you want me to touch on or go deeper into uh, hit up my email it's ask a 
Epps at gmail.com or you can find me on Twitter at Depenas Mightier uh, or Depenas Mightier with a Z however you however you want to receive that giggity uh, my Facebook if you're here you probably heard about me on Facebook might already be Facebook friends but I'm, I'm close to the max and I'm reserving the last for people who actually know so by all means you can follow me there I'm not trying to sound egotistical and I post a lot on there but again thanks for rocking with me man um, trying to get this thing to the next level and uh, I hope I'm giving you the content you need and you deserve alright so until next week you guys have a good one